tired. So tired. Overtired. You were listening to Overtired. I'm Christina Warren. He's Brett Terpstra. Our show was up late this week because it's my fault, but uh, how are you doing, Brett? Well, let's be, let's, I'm good. It, so the first day we pushed, we were supposed to record on Tuesday and yeah. I was just not in the mood. And totally. Like we, I wasn't either. We plan for Tuesdays because it gives us a, a day that we can push and still get up on time. So I was just like, hey, let's do our favorite thing and flake on something. And, and we agreed. And then. The next day came around and you were having a rough day. I was. And then the next day came around and I hadn't slept all night. And here we are today. And here we are today. Exactly. And I took today off. So because we got like, they gave it, they gave us these five like mental health days in addition to our like sick time and vacation, which is really, really kind of them. The only, the only thing is, is that you have to take them by a certain time. And they don't, um, like count as official vacation or sick days or whatever, because that means that they don't have to pay for them. Um, which, uh, incidentally is like the whole scam of unlimited vacation, like companies that are like, Oh, we give unlimited vacation. It's like, no, you, you know, that people aren't going to take more than what the normal allotted amount is. And this just prevents you from having to pay out their vacation <laughs> time when they leave. Like that's all it is. It's such a scam. Netflix started it, but it's such a scam. I, so, Oracle has unlimited vacation. And I was curious how that would work, how, how it will play out. Yeah, so it's it's not terrible, right? The only thing that's terrible about it is that when you leave Oracle, you won't get your payout. So, like, if I were to leave Microsoft tomorrow, I have three weeks plus of, of like, they, okay, so they let you carry over up to three weeks a year or something, um, like 120 hours. And after that, if you have too much that you're bringing over, they're like, screw you. Although I think in California, they can't do that, but in, in other states, they can. Uh, and then you earn three weeks a year, like over the course of things. So I've got like a month plus of vacation. So if I were to like leave tomorrow, they would have to pay me for that. Uh-huh. But if I worked at a place that had unlimited vacation, then when I left, it'd be like, see ya. So I see, I see, I see how it works now. I still like the idea of like, if I get my stuff done, I can just take you know, I agree. time. Although I can't see myself never in my life. Have I actually used all my available, available vacation days? Me either. Me so, either, which is like, it's such an American thing. Like, honestly, like we're overwork it, culture. Yeah. 100%. It, it comes from our puritanical roots, I think, because, you know, like there's the whole like work equals like closer to Godness or whatever, <laughs> like genuinely, I, this is like, it comes, it comes, all comes from that shit. Cause if you look at Europe, I mean, there are parts of Asia that are obviously hardworking, um, overworked, similar to where we are, Japan, for instance, although not Asian, not all Asian countries, but like you look at Europe, Europe, they're like, yeah, we get drunk in the afternoon and we take holiday and it's a known thing. And like, if you don't give people, like everybody in Europe gets like six weeks of vacation a year, Yeah, you know, it's just and like their maternity leave is crazy in most countries. Yeah. Like you can, you can basically get a year of like paid leave if you yeah. have a kid, like yeah, that stuff right. is so foreign to us. We're so obsessed with work here. We are so obsessed with work. Yeah, it's it's like, huh, I wonder why we all die so so young. <laughs> yeah. Why we're all so overweight. Like, I mean, not you and I, but like. Oh, I'm overweight. It's okay. I gained it. I gained it back. Not all of it, but I, I yeah, no, I'm cool with it. I understand how bodies work anyway. 
Yes, vacation. Uh, we don't use it. Uh, America is overworked. Uh, anyway, but, anyway, but yeah, I, I took today off, so I was just like, "Yep, we're gonna do this." And then I might go to I might go to sleep after we do this. I might not. It just depends. Well, I, mean, I was why just not? like, "Yeah, I mean, I, I I just got a new keyboard that I want to put together. I'm just gonna have a good long weekend." So, so tell me about your new new keyboard. Well, first we want to do a Brett's mental health corner update. Oh, geez. Yeah. Oh, okay. So, uh, I take this stuff called Safras. Uh, it's an antipsychotic, um, which is like, it's, I don't know what that exactly means. Uh, like half the drugs I take are antipsychotics and I don't exactly have any psychosis in my diagnosis. Ooh, psychosis diagnosis, band name, write that down. Um, but Anyway, it, it I take it, it's one of those it melts under your tongue. We've talked about it once before um, and they upped it by two and a half milligrams. So now I take 17 and a half milligrams of Safras and that two and a half milligrams seems to have made a big difference. Like my my mood swings have been way milder and way shorter and I haven't had any real depression to speak of for over a month. So mentally health wise. Other than one night of bad sleep, I'm doing pretty damn good. How are you? Um, I'm I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. I mean, I took a mental health day, uh, and I had um, kind of a panic attack thingy the other day, but like uh, that's just I think situational. But otherwise, I'm okay. So panic attacks are usually stress related. Are you stressed? Yeah. Yeah. Is your job stressful? I don't want to get into it, but yeah, there were some changes that happened recently, which are fine. Like I'm okay. Everything's okay. It's just, there was some unexpected stuff that has happened and, and it just, yeah, it leads yeah. to, leads to stress. I wasn't asking for details. I was just curious if it was work related no, no, or no. personal. Yeah, no, in this case, I think it was, well, and see, this is the fucked thing. This is the fucked thing about America. It's like, where's the line? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> sure. Um, how's, how's, uh, how are the Elon Musk fanboys doing? Oh yeah, great, great, uh, great question. So yeah, so right as we recorded this, um, I made an innocuous to me quit because Elon Musk decided to get in a fight with the Onion today. What? Yeah, because he because <laughs> he's a fucking idiot. He was very offended that they like made an article about like um, billionaires and how they became rich, and for him they listed Texas apartheid. And which is, it was just hilarious. Right. And then he got really mad because he's like, yeah, just because I'm from South Africa and just because my dad's rich doesn't mean that like I was, you know, a beneficiary of apartheid. I I came here with only $2,500 and da, 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 da. Like he went on this whole like explanatory thing. It's like, dude, no one cares. Also, it was a joke. Um, And so, so I, I quote tweeted something like, um, Maybe Elon Musk should um, hire away the staff of The Onion to start his own satirical publication and then lose interest and stop funding the project uh, before it even launches. Um, oh, wait, he already did that because that is actually a thing that he did. Yeah, yeah. Um, and um, and then somebody responded to that, a, 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 a mutual follower of mine, and he was like, Oh, oh, Elon Musk was also telling people to read the Babylon Bee instead. And, and the guy was like, the Babylon Bee is is like, you know, um, trans and, and homophobic and whatnot. And, and you know, it is. And it's like it, it, it like it goes beyond, in my opinion, like the line where you're like, oh, this is satire. It's like if you're being satirical, but you're also making very clearly like 
homophobic and transphobic sorts of things. Like, I don't think that the, you know, guys of, oh, this is a joke gets to cover you. Like you can be satirical and also be racist or, or whatever, like, you know, so, um, I retweeted that. And that apparently, I guess, because because he has fanboys who literally search his name because I didn't at him or anything. I didn't I didn't do that. Um, who literally search his names and I guess look for people with blue check marks because then um, first uh, Jeremiah started getting a shit ton of just like angry responses and then I started getting some and so some guy was like a reporter and podcast host thinks that you know um, uh, criticizes Elon Musk and he's done all these things and I responded to him and I'm like. And software developer, but thanks. And then he's like, and, and I'm like, he's not going to fuck you. Elon's not going <laughs> to fuck you. Um, and then I tweeted something that directly said that, you know, a friend of mine was getting, you know, tons of angry replies and that, um, newsflash, like Elon Musk is not going to fuck you. Uh, which admittedly completely kicking the hornet's, uh, nest. I, oh, I'm aware. Yeah. I mean, these are trolls to begin with and you're just 100%, but also, he's not going to fuck you. Like I, I, I'm not, and I tweeted this too. Cause I'm, I, I'm genuine. I genuinely feel this. Like, I don't want to kink shame anybody, but simping for a billionaire is fucking weird. So here's, here's the, here's where this leads me. And, and I feel like this could be the, the overriding theme for our show. How good do you think Elon Musk in, is in bed? No, not oh, how terrible. good. Okay. That was a leading question. How do you think Elon Musk is in bed? Terrible. Think so? Absolutely. I think it would be weird and weird can be like weird can be good, but I feel like it would be half ass weird. Yeah. Here's the thing. Like, I'm not saying he's like the worst lay ever, um, but I don't think that he's good. I think okay, here, here's actually here's what I think. I think he's a very selfish lover. Right. Like, I don't think he gives a shit about whether his partner comes or not. I think he's all about he gets off and then she can either maybe she gets off or maybe like she has to use a vibrator. Like, I don't think he actually cares, though, about that. It would be a super fancy vibrator. Totally. Which, you know what? That might make it great. But I just <laughs> I, I like, honestly, I mean, maybe that maybe that's what makes it work. But like, I mean, look, the dude had to get hair plugs after he was a billionaire to be able to to be able to fuck women. So. Um, he has hair plugs. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like he, like he has the same plugs that uh, what's his face, um, Jeremy Piven has. Um, it's they're quite good. Um, whatever his transplanter plug situation was, like it, it's it's quite good. Yeah. But yeah, he was he was like bald, and then he was with this woman who was like with him when he was nobody, and then he left her for the nanny, I think, and then he left the nanny for somebody else, and he went back to the nanny. They had a very messy divorce. And, um, after the messy divorce, they got back together and had another messy breakup. Then he was with Amber Heard and then, and now he's with Grimes. And so all I'm saying is, is that other than like the first wife who was clearly like loved him and like he, you know, fucked over, um, because he was rich when they got divorced, but he wasn't like rich like he is now. And like, you know, she had some of his, his first kids or whatever, um, all the subsequent, like much hotter women have only come after he's been both rich and had to get hair plugs. And like, to me, if you have to alter, like it's, so it's not a thing where he can just like, okay, you're rich and you can like get somebody to, you know, marry you or, or, or sleep with you or, or whatever. Like if you have to also alter your appearance, that suggests to me that like, you're either not as much of 
like you're not as you don't spend as much or whatever and and you're not able to find people who would just suck it up or you're like a fairly selfish like self-involved like person who well absolutely he's he's a total narcissist that's clear from every interview he does oh yeah no so he used to follow the gizmodo twitter account and so we used to dm him and he would do like interviews with us sometimes and um it was interesting because we'd be pretty combative with him and i have to give him credit he was he would answer questions back um, it got to a point, I think, where we were too combative. We wrote too many stories about our DM conversations with him where he was like, I'm not doing this anymore. But um, I did, I have to genuinely say, like, I appreciated that about him because most people uh, have better things to do than, like, get into arguments with reporters. Sure. You know, like, especially if, if they're as rich as him and if they're allegedly so smart and important and doing all these amazing, amazing things and saving humanity as, as his fanboys want us to believe, like maybe you should, maybe you should not be like engaging with like people at, at Gawker. All I'm saying, like, I don't so, know. It sounds like a hobby. I'm like, totally. When, and, I'm, and look, when you I'm don't really need the exposure at all, th- that's a hobby. Uh, it's a hobby. And it's also, I mean, I, I'm not, I, I can't even pretend like I don't appreciate it. Cause I'm, what am I doing right now? I'm, I'm spending time on our podcast talking about how I'm purposefully trolling his fans. I didn't set out to, to get like people like all up in my mentions and all up in my friends mentions about shit. Like that wasn't my intention. Um, I didn't, if I, if I'd added him, that would have been, but I didn't. But, um, you know, Ooh. but once they started, I was like, okay, well, now I just want to fuck with you because you're simping for a billionaire and that's weird and hilarious to me. So if I title this episode, Elon Musk and the very fancy vibrator, do you think we'll get a whole bunch of new, very angry fans? Oh God, I hope so. <laughs> subscribe to our podcast, follow our podcast. We're not supposed to say subscribe, follow our podcast. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So back to your keyboard, tell me about this, this new keyboard kit. Yeah. Okay. So my friend, Charles Tan, who is a, a big fan of, of um, Rocket on um, the other podcast uh, that I do is amazing. He was actually planning this last year and before he even saw me saying that I was like wanting to get into mechanical keyboards. So he's the best, but he ordered this kit for me from KBD fans uh, when it was like a group buy. And there's actually a second group buy open right now for a slight revision of this kit, but this is the the KBD 6-7 Lite. And it's um, a hot swappable mechanical keyboard with RGB, and um, it, it comes pre-assembled, but you can completely take it apart. And it has hot swappable sw- switches, but if you, uh, you know, if you you can take the whole, it came like with the case and with the um, uh, the base plate, the PCB, the uh, dampeners, you know, um, all that stuff. And you just need to add whatever switches or, or keys you want um, to it, but. Um, I'm super excited about it. Uh, I'm. He also sent me a bunch of uh, switches. He sent me some purple switches and some um, um, uh, great pandas, and um, he sent me a, a, a very nice um, a keycap uh, set. So it's going to go amazingly with my my white PC that I, I I just built because it's it's a white case and and the keycaps are white, and I'm just super super excited. I, uh, to build this. On my version one of the Ultimate Hacking Keyboard, I, I did a white keycap set and I really liked it. I do like white keycaps. Yeah, yeah. But I'm super stoked about this because, you know, we were talking before and I like, I, I've also like mentioned this on Twitter that I've um, wanted to uh, 
like I've started to kind of go down this rabbit hole of like the building your own things. And what's nice about this kit is that it's a relatively low price. So like the one that's available for group by now, it's available for another couple of weeks and then it'll ship at the end of May. Like it's relatively inexpensive for kind of an entry level, you know, kit because it comes with the PCB and and the, the spacers and the um, dampeners and the, um, the case and stuff. Um, but you add your own switches and keys and, and whatnot. Um, and, uh, but, but it's relatively inexpensive for people who kind of want to enter into the, the hobby, but also want to have like the, they want to build it themselves, but they don't want to have to, they don't want to have to solder. Right. So, uh, it's kind of a nice kind of middle ground area for that, which, uh, is definitely me because I don't have the patience to do the soldering of like a fully custom build. I just don't, uh, I don't have the patience. I also don't think I have the soldering skill to be, um, completely honest by the time like, you finish the keyboard you'd have the skill but who, who knows what would happen on the way it, well exactly and it's one of those things like these components are so hard to get and they're so expensive that you know we talked about this before that i um wanted um i can't think um you know i, I wanted to look at how to um do this stuff and and wanted to like look at like buying different you know parts and whatnot and it's like almost as difficult. Okay. Getting a graphics card right now is more difficult objectively, but I think that on the whole, like getting keyboard stuff is more difficult than getting PC parts. Like it's incredibly competitive and it's incredibly difficult to find the stuff. And cause it's a niche hobby, but it's also growing. And you know, it's, it's just a, like, there are only a few manufacturers who do stuff. And, and so you have, people who like the resellers who have po- who are popping up who will buy a bunch of the group buy things or do other stuff and and be basically act as importers and then you know raise the prices and then you have like uh various subreddits that'll do like like you know mech swap or whatever that'll that'll, that'll do certain things but um like if you want to get in on stuff it can be incredibly difficult and then it takes a while because you know, most of the time, the only way these things happen is is in group buys. I've learned so much just in the last couple of months, just like going down the the rabbit hole of this. But Charles apparently knew me before I even knew myself because he placed the order on Black Friday, and then he it took him a while to to wait for some of the other things to get in, and and he mailed it to me, and I got it um, the other day, and I'm I'm so excited to build it and to to play with it. Cool. Um, I'm looking at the key diagram. Is it? It's not programmable, right? It is. It is. Okay. Cause yeah. in the, in the keycap layout they have, there's a page up, page down and an end key, but no home key. Why, why yeah. would you not have a home key? I don't know. Cause um, I mean, you could use alts, right? Like, like you yeah. could use all things. Yeah. It, um, no, it uses QMK and, and um, via. So it's, it's fully programmable. Also who uses page up and page down? Have you ever used those keys? Never. Yeah. Me either. I don't, I don't, they always, when I accidentally hit them, they surprise me. Like, where did my screen go? Huh. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, so it's programmable, um, using, um, via or, or QMK or whatever the firmware and, and what are the other things are. And, um, cool. Yeah. Have so fun. so I'm, I'm excited. Thank you. Thank you. How's, uh, how's the, um, uh, ultimate hacking keyboard two treating you? Okay. So overall it's a dream. I love it. It's great, but I lost my right bracket, right curly bracket key. Like I have to hit it three or four times before it registers. And then sometimes it'll register twice. So uh, this is most apparent. Well, I mean, obviously it's apparent when I'm coding and I need to close a bracket, but I use uh, command shift 
bracket keys for tabs in just about every app. And if, if, if an app doesn't support that, I reprogram it to because that's my that's how I switch tabs. And now I can only move to the left. I can't move to the right. And it's 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 driving me nuts. I have a I have an email into Laszlo to find out how I fix this. But that is a bad key to lose. Eh, there's no good key to lose. But anyway, it's overall, it's great. It does have like I, I probably shouldn't publicly talk about the beta, but it has this funny bug where the RGB backlighting sometimes goes a little bit crazy and like keys just all turn different colors. <laughs> <laughs> and then if you if you engage the mouse layer and nudge the mouse just one pixel, it goes back to the correct lighting. So we're working on that in the uh, in the GitHub forums right now, but it's fun. I like beta testing. Yeah, no, I do too. I do too. It's it's a it's a fun process, and you're the ultimate perfect beta tester. Like no one could be any better than you because you um, get really really into stuff. Like this is like the part of your ADHD which lets you like hyper focus on things. You are pay attention to detail, and then you're technical enough to like try all the shit. So like you find the edge cases. Yeah. Um, speaking of no, can't do it yet. Um. You know what I got hyper focused on uh, over the last couple of days? What is that? Uh, scripting a clean install. Oh, nice! And I don't even plan to do a clean install, but a friend of mine, uh, uh, Jeff Severns Gunsel, I don't know if you know him, but he's awesome. Um, he has been. Uh, he took a course in dot files. He's like he's he's kind of like relearning command line stuff and like really diving into uh scripting and and we'll say uh dot files specifically right now and uh he he keeps sharing these cool dot file repos with me that made me realize i i've never organized my dot files like i have most of them synced through macup but right uh but having a repo and an install script using dotbot I I like completely reorganized everything oh, yeah. and now I can do a git pull on any machine and have my dot files all in place. It's uh yeah. it's cool. And then I went like nuts with it and do you know what a brew file is? I do. I had just learned so for anyone who doesn't know like I didn't 2 days ago, uh if you're familiar with a gem and bundler, brew file is basically bundler for homebrew and you can create a, a file that has uh, like abbreviated commands for installing any uh any cask or any formula and then just run brew bundle and it'll mm -hmm. reinstall everything in your file so whenever you install something new from brew you can just add it to your brew file and in the future you'll be able to replicate your setup yeah, I've I've done that. Um, I need to update it, I, but I've used both um, the, um, um, the dot bot and I've used Brewfile before. I think I found them because I can't think of the guy's last name. It's Matias who has like the the default like macOS um, yeah, yeah, installer. Yeah, yeah. That guy who kind of maintains that thing that's kind of considered like the you know the gold Graham standard Kuba, for default the gold standard exactly. Precisely. So like if you're going to do like like a, an Ansible or, or brew file or whatever sort of kind of kind of like automated like install thing, like his is the one to go through. And um, I, I wasted a ton of time last year going down the similar rabbit hole that you went through. And now I'm going to need to I need to do it again because um, some stuff in my my setup or whatever has changed. Also, it's just fun. But 
I love that. And yeah, I, I use, um, I went through a similar thing, I guess it was about 18 months ago where I finally like sat down and like got my dot files organized. They're not public. I should probably make them public, but I feel self-conscious about them. Um, but I, I use like the dot bot to basically, you know, make it so that I can go on any machine and, and have access to it. Yeah. My, mine won't be being made public. Um, there's a subsection of them that I'd be happy to make public, but they're also not anything special and everything that's special is very personalized. And I just don't feel like it's, uh, for public consumption, but have you ever used MacUp? It's, I think I, what it's is, a, what is it's that? a brew. You can install it through homebrew and you run MacUp backup and it, it has like a hundred some different applications that it works with and it'll move all of the preference files oh, and, yeah, 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 and yeah, yeah. Uh, configuration directories into your Dropbox and then symlink right. them back so that yes. in the future on a new machine, you can type MacUp restore and it'll yeah. just symlink them all from the Dropbox. Yes, I, I'm aware of that. I might have used it years ago. I haven't used it in recent years. I think that what happened, and, and, it, and it might um, be have, have been res resolved now, the problem I found is that Mac OS has changed where a lot of file, like a lot of applications have changed where they store like their, their um, preferences yeah. and like plist files. Like they're all now within these containers within these other things. Yep. And that makes it difficult to do, or at least it might be different now, but so, I remember running into issues where stuff that had worked suddenly didn't work. And then when I try to do a restore, like the directory name would be different or be some other weird yeah. thing and, and, and it would break. So, here's, so that's, here's I think, the, why I stopped using the it. The problem with MacUp is exactly that. Like the first time you run the backup and you run and restore on another machine, it works great. But things do drift over time. And MacUp keeps coming out with new versions that, that keep up with this stuff. But once you've run a backup, you can't easily backup. You can't update the backup. Like it doesn't, right. it doesn't selectively... Uh, go through and just update the things that change. You have to like basically uninstall MacUp, restore everything back to its original directories, and then do the backup again. And that sucks. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that that's now making sense. I'm now remembering why. And I don't even think that when I was, I don't even think I even got to that point where I was like, okay, I can uninstall, restore, reinstall, and do it. I think I got to the place where like it broke a couple of things one time, and it was one of those things where the process of having to kind of like get myself out of that hole yeah. was annoying enough that I was like, all right, I'm just not going to use this anymore. But yeah. the idea is awesome. Anytime you're dealing with like sim links all over your drive. Yes. You, you, you're, you're, you're asking for a certain amount of trouble. You are. That, that's the thing too. Like there were certain applications and certain things I do, but at this point, this is actually why I kind of prefer it when an app will, will work with iCloud because you know to, to sync a preference file sure. or something yeah like that to me is the ideal thing even though it's maybe not the most you know preferable thing like i i actually would prefer them to have it the way that it used to work before but yeah sim links are are too there, there's like too much of a chance of breakage um so i, I don't know if it's got a point that there and and there were i either want the application itself to be able to do like a, a backup thing like um VS Code has a setting sync built into it now, but there was also for, for many years, and I think, think it still exists. I'm not sure what the state of it being updated is, you know. but there was like an extension that would basically take your um, uh, preferences file 
and up uploaded as a um, uh, private gist in GitHub. And then you could go and um, use the uh, extension to download um, the content of that gist and, and have it replace or append your VS Code preferences file. Nice. Uh, which is awesome. And and I had a couple of different variants, like one for work, one for home, like one for Mac, Ooh, one profile. for like whatever. Yeah, pro- basically, right. And you could set, you can create profiles in, in VS Code, but like I, I made it with settings sync because for me, I didn't want like workspaces, which are different. Um, but um, now it's something that like they've got built into VS Code and, and they're working at and kind of options like to, you know, uh, and, and it's gotten pretty good about being able to figure out like, if you're using an extension that doesn't work on one operating system or whatever, like how to handle conflicts like that. Uh, and that's built in. And and I think that the way that it works is fairly similar, but it does it in the background. Like you don't actually need to connect it to a GitHub account. It, you just log in with like, you can log in with your GitHub account or, or, or a Microsoft account, but like you don't have to connect it to your own personal GitHub where it like has the gist there. It's it's doing it um, uh, server side, um, you know, uh, VS Code side, which some people might not like, but for me, I don't care. Like I work at Microsoft, so I'm like whatever. Um, but I but I understand some people might not like that, which is why it's nice that like that the other extension is an option. But that's kind of where I've gone. Where Fortunately, most of the applications that I customize heavily have a way for me to like have some sort of cloud-based thing. But um, yeah, but MacUp is cool. Have you ever... Okay, no. Okay, let me restart my question with completely different words because it was the wrong question. Um, so you have insisted to me previously that services work in VS Code. Yeah. They do not. Okay. And it, it's not a deal breaker for me, but I, so I just yesterday, uh, I was working with Jeff actually, and he was, he, he's very good at meticulously commenting, uh, what he's doing so he can remember and learn from it. And one of the formats of comments he really liked was, uh, if you have a, a command, uh, like from the command line that has a bunch of flags and switches in it. Uh, if you put it into a script file and then it uses like ANSI line drawing to like draw a diagram basically and like a line down from each letter in the switch and then a right uh, turn to add a comment and it looks pretty cool and I looked at it and thought that would be such a pain to type out and uh, so I wrote a service that you can select any command line command and it will generate the structure of all the line drawings and then you can just fill in the comment for each flag it's cool but it only looks really good in vs code uh partly so in sublime i have a gremlin detector that puts an exclamation point behind any like non regular ascii character and that throws out the formatting in my other apps, all my comments turn italics, which throws off line drawings, but VS code with whatever font settings I have in there, it looks great. So I use that for all my screenshots, but right. I couldn't run the service in VS code. This is how this came up. Okay. Cause I, it has worked for certain services for me before, like, and I'm, I'm even testing it right now. So it must be anything that acts on text. If you select text, 
there's nothing in the right-click menu. And if you go up to the top menu and pull down the VS Code menu under services, it'll only have services that don't run on selected text. I would like you to bring this up with your 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 masters. Yeah, yeah, I will. You could also file a PR on GitHub. Because they do work in Sublime. So I know it's it's possible for non-native apps to Oh no, to totally. Do well well, okay. Well, okay, but case in point, because this is why I was confused. It must be the selected text thing. Because I just went to services and I used one of your services, the the MD links. Yeah, yeah. And okay. like anything and that, that pulls externally and insert text does work. Yeah. But nothing that operates on text. Speaking of operating on text, have you have you seen Text Buddy? No, I haven't. Uh, full disclosure: Text Buddy is sponsoring my blog this week, and it's made by a friend of mine, Tyler Hall. But it's this app. Uh, there's another one called Boop that you may have seen, but uh, it's an app that basically gives you a palette of hundreds of text transformations. Uh, anything from, you know, changing case to title mm-hmm. casing to, uh, it has a comment wrap feature that I requested and he, he kindly added. So if you have a really long comment, uh, like code, you know, starting with slash mm-hmm. slash or with a, a yeah. hash, uh, you can wrap it and it will, uh, extend the comment. Uh, do you know what I mean? Like if you no, break totally it in the middle, it'll start a new yeah, line with the comment marker on exactly. it. Exactly. No, 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 no. I, I get what you're saying. Oh, that's awesome. So it's kind of it's kind of like text soap, but just for like text transformation yes. stuff. And then you can you just hit command T, you get a palette of like every possible command and 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 run it. And then you can automatically copy your clipboard and you can paste it back into whatever you are working on. And oh, it that's... can pick up system services if you there's a secret setting for it, but all of them like search link and everything I could run from in text buddy. It's and it has its own like scripting. Like uh, it uses JavaScript, but you can add your own scripts to it to do any transformations it doesn't already do. It's super cool. I highly recommend it. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, text buddy. Okay, so it seems like that could you could use that as your workaround for for getting your thing to work within VS Code to be pretty the way you would want except, it to be. But also, except for the way that I like to use text buddy is with its system service that takes your selected text and loads it in text buddy automatically. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So I'm going to say you should file a PR about or look to see if anybody is working on it and GitHub. Um, I'll, I'll make a note to myself to try to look it up too, but see if you can make a note to see, like to at least make people aware of that. Like, cause it seems like that should be something that they should be able to support. And I would also feel like the, it would be a useful thing. Um, okay. that people would want to do. So I have a GitHub question for you, but first, Speaking of missing features, yes. Do you have gaps in your diet that could be solved by a multivitamin? I have the perfect sponsor for you. Oh my God, tell me all about it. This episode is brought to you by Ritual, a complete multivitamin that gets delivered conveniently to your door every month. Did you know that typical multivitamins often contain sugar, synthetic fillers, artificial colorants, not to mention animal byproducts like sheep's wool and gelatin from hooves and hides? Ritual isn't your typical multivitamin. Ritual's clean, vegan-friendly formula is made with key nutrients in forms your body can actually use without all those less-than-desirable extras. The convenience of Ritual is the key. My vitamins show up at my door without me having to think about it, place frequent orders, or, God forbid, leave the house. Once you get into the groove, a ritual, if you will, uh, popping two at whatever time of day works for you gives you the benefit of filling nutrient gaps in your diet without having to think about it. 
Ritual multivitamins are delivered every month with free shipping. You can start, snooze, or cancel your subscription anytime. And if you don't love Ritual within your first month, they'll even refund your first order. You deserve to know what's in your multivitamin, and that's why Ritual is offering our listeners 10% off for their first three months. Visit ritual.com slash overtired to start your ritual today. That's ritual.com slash overtired, uh, which will let them know we sent you and we'll, we'll all be happier for it. Very, very much appreciate it. I, I feel like that was a pretty good read. I think so. I think that was great. I kept it tight. I kept it tight. So, no, I mean, this is what we're trying to do. We're trying to, we're trying to, uh, you know, keep it tight for the advertisers, but also for our listeners. Right. I feel like it's a double-edged sword. Of course, last time we got like really verbose with an ad read, uh, like really got into talking about it. And we had like some side stories. And I feel like I thought we were doing a real service for the advertiser at the expense of our listeners. But it turned out our advertiser also wasn't happy with it. So it was like a wasted 10 minute tirade. It really was. It was just everybody lost. Including us, because we could have been talking about something else. We were like our, our, our hearts were in the right place. Eh. Our heads weren't, but our hearts were. No, our heads weren't. That's actually a really good segue for our next sponsor. If you want me to go ahead and just do that one now to get it over with. Yeah. Oh, oh let's let's not phrase it like that, though. I want, no, I don't, I want I you don't to wanna, do it because we're so excited about it. No, no, no. I, I didn't mean get it over with like that. I just meant like the segue was really good. And I just figured like knock knock them both out um, and, uh, and not of piss anybody heads. off. Speaking of heads, speaking of, of foot and mouth, right? The, the need of vitamin for that. No, but, but speaking of getting like in the right headspace, if you're not wanting to have to troll um, Elon Musk fans on Twitter, because you shouldn't do that, you really probably just need to like be able to focus better um, and, and you know, act or just be better. And, and that, this is the whole point of headspace, because wouldn't it be great if there was like a pocket-sized guide that helped you, you know, sleep which is a topic that we both struggle with or not topic act. It's a a topic for us. It's cool. It's cool. Uh, You know, but something that helps you sleep and focus and act or just be better. Well, there is. And if you have 10 minutes, Headspace can change your life. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app. And Headspace is one of the only apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through a clinically valid uh, through clinically validated research and headspace's meditations start at just 1 minute each and they even have a set of walking meditations so that they're easy to fit in even to the busiest schedules and headspace is proven to help you feel better their approach to mindfulness can reduce stress improve sleep boost uh, focus and increase your overall sense of well-being so whatever the situation headspace really can help you feel better and um, I'm, I'm curious, um, how are the sleep casts going for you? Yeah. The, the, so, like, I, I love Headspace. I've been using it for years. But the thing that I've loved the most recently is this l- library of sleep casts. And I have never listened to the same one twice because there's dozens available and they keep adding new ones. And they are, they're, they're like perfect for winding down and then just falling asleep too. like a lot of their stuff is mindfulness and requires a certain amount of attention. But these okay. sleep casts are basically just designed to peacefully log you to sleep. And they have been uh, nightly occurrences for me. I love them. 
uh, I definitely need to use this because I've used Headspace for years too, but I haven't used the Sleepcast. And that sounds much more preferable to what I've been doing, which is to like listen to, I'm not even joking about this, I'm whatever, but I'll listen to police interrogations of, of like really terrible things. And um, mostly because like the people that they're interrogating are just dumb. And like, that's the stuff that can lull me to sleep. So this sounds a lot better to be totally honest. Yeah. Uh, and then on the other side of your sleep, you'll find the wake up, which is a daily original, um, which is daily original content that's intended to inspire your day from the moment you wake up. So see, again, this would be way better than like going to sleep where you're listening to something terrible and then like waking up kind of thinking about it. Like you can use the sleep cast to go to sleep, have good sleep. And then when you wake up, the wake up will um, help inspire your day for the minute that you get up. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, Headspace even has a three-minute SOS meditation that you can take um, anytime that you need to do it. Did you ever think you'd be into meditation? So yeah, like I've, I've when we've done this read before, I've mentioned how like with ADHD and bipolar, I just didn't think my brain could could do meditation. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Headspace is awesome because it eases you in with like those one minute and then uh, most meditations are 10 minutes long and you can just fit them in without feeling like it's a whole, uh, a whole, it's not like a a whole, whole thing. thing. It's, well, right. And it's super like, beneficial. So I did not think I would ever be a meditator, but turns out it's actually been really helpful to me. It's, I love that. And Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. Headspace makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule, anytime, anywhere. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. So go to headspace.com slash overtired. That's headspace.com slash overtired for a free one-month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. And this is the best deal offered right now, so head on over to headspace.com slash overtired today. Meditation situation. New band name. Write that down. I like that meditation situation. Um, you should make a shirt. Straight jacket baby. That that was one that came up. Uh, baby in a straight jacket was what Anne on Parks and Rec thought would be a good band name. But yeah. I thought you really should just make it straight jacket baby. And that would be so, way better. It would be. It would be. You know, I was in a straight jacket once as a baby. Really? What did yeah. you do? Okay. So I, I was like one and a half, I think. Um, and I was, um, in a high chair. We were at, um, the club. My mom was cutting up my hot dog and I was leaning over and the sharp part of a chair, um, cut from like basically like my inner eye across the bridge of my nose to my other inner eye. And, um, my face is filled with blood. I apparently was fine until my sister and my mom started freaking out. And then I started freaking out. And so, uh, you know, they took me, you know, to the hospital or whatever, and then had to put me in like a little straight jacket. Cause I was like 18 months old and you know, they needed to do stitches. So I had a whole bunch of stitches across the bridge of my nose. I still have a scar. Um, a plastic surgeon, uh, stitched it up and, and was always like, yeah, you could probably get this removed or whatever, but I kind of like it. Um, this explains a lot about you, that kind of experience in your formative years. 
I have no memory, obviously, of any of it at all, except, you know, I remember, obviously, when I was really, really little for the first couple of years of my life, but you can look back at, at early photos of me and, and you can see kind of like the red area, like on the bridge of my nose where you see my scar. And and it doesn't show up all the time. It, it I don't get tan, so uh, most people don't ever see it. But like there would be times when my face would be more tan or whatever, that people would see it more. And there's some people who are like, yeah, you have like this scar on the bridge of your nose. I'm like, yeah, I almost poked my eye out. I didn't, but they put me in a straitjacket, uh, you know, so that the, the surgeon could um, could sew me up. Apparently, though, I was very good. I just stuck to my pacifier and, like, watched the whole time, and they were very impressed. Nice. You, you're so. just always a well-behaved girl. Uh, <laughs> what happened to you? I know. Well, it was weird. <laughs> so, it's actually, here's what's messed up. I was, like, very rambunctious until I entered, like, kindergarten, and then the whole idea of like rules and like judgment and like being like rewarded or punished for like your virtue started to become like a thing. And that like some weird switch went off like in my mind when I was like five years old and I was like, oh no, I need to be perfect at everything. And then I became like very, very, very type A. And then when I was like 16, the switch like went back again and I was like, this is all bullshit. Fuck all of this. Yeah, well, so I I was very similar. Like I as a kid really hated pissing off teachers and parents. Mm-hmm. And like it was very important to me to be uh quote unquote good. Uh mm-hmm. except as a as an ADHD kid with uh I will call them behavioral like uh, Tourette's and I just I found myself always on the wrong side of the law. And constantly really down on myself about it. So by the time I was about 16, I went through a similar thing. Like, I can't be perfect, so I'm just going to be as bad as I can. Right. Yeah. For me, it was a weird thing because I never was on the wrong side of the law. I was always considered like the straight A student, like, you know, prim and proper, like was well behaved, was always whatever. And then I had like this weird kind of like, I don't know, existential crisis where I was like, what what is all this for? What does this mean? What's the point of all of this? You know, like got very into Nietzsche, and uh, I was just probably read you know The Catcher in the Rye too many times. I don't know, like something just switched my brain. Honestly, I think that it was a combination of a bunch of things. But I was just kind of like, who the hell cares? This is stupid, and uh, I, I stopped caring about being perfect. Um, and I probably went too far in that direction. And, and I, I'd like to think that now as an adult that I've like got like a balance, you know, like, okay, I will actively troll people who simp for billionaires because it's funny to me, but I also don't like want to make people feel bad or be upset. And I don't want to like be out of order and I want to be respectful of, the, especially the people that I work with and the, the time that I take up of people. You know what I mean? So like, you're not I, I don't a psychopath wanna, is what you're saying. No, I'm not a psychopath. Um, uh, some people might want to. No, I'm not a psychopath at all. So, yeah. Um, but no, I, I feel you. Um, I also I I can't personally relate to like the being on the wrong side thing, but I, I accept that. I remember when I was like, before I kind of had that switch. I was on medications that made me completely unable to focus and and do anything. And like I finally had, I think I'd always been ADHD, but I'd been so high functioning that I'd, I'd been able to control it. And then I got to the point that I couldn't control it anymore. And it was just one of those things where I did kind of experience, it was like, I have no control over some of these things and, and I'm getting yelled at and whatnot. Um, 
so I, I can I can empathize, I guess, with what that would be like to be a kid who you desperately want to be good and you want to do all the right things, but there are these things that are not within your control that are preventing that and that you're getting yelled at for. And so then you just go through this you know, yeah. shame spiral of like, I'm not good enough. I so, suck. I'm, I'm terrible. Let me clarify. When I said on the wrong side of the law, I was being metaphorical about like ups, upset teachers and no, parents. No, I understand that. I've never actually been arrested for anything other than protests. And that was never like you know, no charges or anything that was basically at, at most a few hours in jail and then bailed. Right. Um, but like, as far as like my teenage years, I never got arrested. I was always like, I was always the lookout. I was always super careful when we were doing mm -hmm. shenanigans. Um, and as a like drug user in my, my later teens and my twenties, I, I, I was just always super careful. Right. And so well, it no, wasn't I mean that I was legal, but no, I never got like, in trouble, trouble. No, I, I get it. I mean, yeah. Um, I think the closest I ever came to getting in trouble, trouble was when the cops broke up a toga party that we had freshman year of college. Um, oh, I thought you said yoga party. No, toga party. Cool. A yoga party would have been cool. No, we threw a toga party and we were idiots because we were in a dry building, the dorms, and then we were on the first <laughs> floor. <laughs> I know. couldn't find another building to do it. In. No shit. We were, well, we were done. Well, somebody's birthday and these girls wanted to have it in their dorm. And you have to understand like our dorms were like the former Olympic village. So they were like really like little mini apartments. Yeah. So you had very small individual single rooms and then you had like two bathrooms, a bathroom per two people. And then you had like a, a kitchen and living room or whatever. So we had this toga party. We're dumbasses. We have it on the first floor. We should have had it in our dorm, which was on the seventh floor because the cops never would have come up those stairs uh, or the elevator. They wouldn't have dealt with that. Here was the issue. When the cops came to break things up and it was still fairly early, it wasn't like campus police because of where we lived. It was Atlantic police. Okay. Yeah. So so APD is there. So there are 30 or 40, you know, kids who are in various states of, of you know, um, uh, drunkenness. We're all in togas. So, you know, we're half naked. Um, I, of course, was caught with not one but two beer bottles in my hand because I was double fisting. And so I couldn't even pretend that I wasn't drinking because clearly I was. My roommate, who couldn't even stand up straight, got in the line of people who claimed they hadn't been drinking. I was like, <laughs> you fucking idiot. Like, but the cops, it was very clear because it was like a Friday night. They they just didn't want to deal with it. Like, you know, again, like 30 or 40, you know, underage kids who are half naked, you know, uh, mixed, um, you know, uh, sex. And, and these were like male police officers. So they would have had to call a female officer. And um, they just had us pour out the alcohol. Yeah. And then... Um, left and said, have a good party, have a good night. Yeah. I've had and, many parties busted. I've never seen anyone actually hauled off from a party, even right. when I well, was at uh, the age. Well, well, again, like our thing was that we were in a dry building. Like it was one of the rules. We were on campus property. We sure. were like all on, you know what I mean? Like it was one but of those that's things. that's like we were, academic discipline, not, not police. Well, it would have been academic discipline, except as I said, the, the police who served it were actual like, yeah. I get that, but, but it's not, they're not going to arrest a bunch of kids. I, I, I don't think in most cases. I mean, I don't think so. I mean, I think that maybe 
yeah, they had better things to do, right? But in, in, and I and I realized that kind of as it was happening, but we didn't know that, and they were like maybe taking down names, and like in my mind, I'm like, oh, my shit. mom is going to be so pissed. Well, yeah. actually, I thought it was kind of funny because again, I was kind of like, well. If this happens, because what am I going to do? Again, I can't claim that I haven't been drinking. I've got two bottles of beer in my hand. You know, I, I can't lie my way out of this. So it was like, this happens, this happens, right? And I'm just like, my mom's going to be really fucking pissed if she has to come, like if she has to drive, you know, downtown to the Atlanta police station to get me out of jail. Like she's going to be really, really pissed. Sure. Um, but no, they just had us pour out the alcohol, you know, left the, the, the girls whose um, dorm it was and like one of the girls whose birthday it was, like they're all crying and like very upset. And at this point, like after we got away with it, I just thought it was funny. I was just like, great. And I think we continued drinking up in our dorm room and then like went to a diner or something. My my college like wasn't one of those things where stuff got around a lot because it was kind of disparate and there's, you know, a, a big university. And I heard people talking about it, like multiple people talking about it, like on Monday. They're like, Oh yeah, you know, you hear about the toga party in in um in Athena that got um you know, broken up by the cops or whatever. And because Athena was the name of our, our building and, uh, or, which or that made, night Athens. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, uh, or, or no, Sparta, Sparta was our building. Um, oh, even they, I know I, I agree. Um, and, uh, I was, you know, and I was like hearing like people like inflating what happened. And I was like, no, like I was one of the people who threw that party. It was fine. Like the cops just like, made us pour out the beers and left. It was completely okay. Um, but that's the closest I've ever come to being arrested. And I figured while they were there, just because of the sheer number of people that we weren't going to get hauled in. But there was that, that moment in my mind where I was like, well, my mom's gonna be really pissed. Sure. She would have been like, she would have been like, and, and really what would have pissed her off would have been like the, it wouldn't have been the underage drinking thing. Like who cares? It would have been like the, a, she would have been like, what is this going to do for your record? Da, 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 which, whatever, mom. But like, she would have also been like really mad that she had to drive out um, to downtown Atlanta on a Friday night to like spring her 19 year old daughter. I hope from you jail. know that this will go down on your permanent record. No, totally. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, don't be so distressed. Did I happen to mention that I'm impressed? Are you not a are you not a violent femmes fan? I am. I am. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for a lost God. So uh, when I when I asked our bot in Discord what our topics today were, uh, I only asked for two topics. And one of them was software, which we've done a a bang up job on. Mm -hmm. Um, But the other one was music. And so here's the segue. Speaking of teens making questionable, questionable decisions, (laughs) I started the Billie Eilish documentary. And I I stopped because it was lessening my my uh, impression of her. Uh, she's a very she's a teenager. I, I don't she know how old teenager. she actually is now, but she acts like a, a homeschooled teenager. And she mm-hmm. like a lot of her like when it comes to the artistic direction of her videos, like a lot of it, she did just she thought it would look cool. Let, let's let's make black stuff come out of my eyes. Let's put spiders mm-hmm. in my eyes. Like there's no real art behind the decisions and i feel like a lot of the a lot of the depth that exists in her music comes from phineas yes i agree i agree i haven't watched the the complete documentary yet but i've had kind of the same impression um and and it i don't know it kind of makes me sad because i really like her and i really like her music me too but I kind of hoped that she'd be like a cooler taylor swift (laughs) an alt taylor swift Totally. But, but because, you know, like Taylor, to her credit, 
she's not cool. No one would ever argue that. But she, at that age, was actually making artistic, spoken, very and specific. Artistic, yeah. But she was actually like had the concepts for her for her concert tours and her music videos and her work and whatnot. Like they're like they might not be cool. Like Billie Eilish's stuff is cool, but she was actually like even from the beginning, like in charge of her image and like that stuff, right? And I'd kind of hope that like Billy was like that, but just like the cool version. And and no, it's the older brother. Yeah. Which was which I hate because that was sort of the criticism about her after she swept the Grammys. It wasn't before as much, but after she swept, everybody has to like shit on oh, you know course. young women who win. Never young men, but always young women. Um, and I'd really hope that that wasn't accurate, but. I mean, I think I feel that there's like a simplification to that, and I don't want to completely take away her own what what am I going to say? Like her own agency completely. But at the same time, it is from what I've observed, it is very clear that is she she is much more of a Selena Gomez, of a Demi Lovato, of a pre um, VMAs Miley Cyrus, you know, of that of, of a Britney Spears, right? Than like a Taylor Swift, right? And in insofar as she is the vessel that someone else's artistic expression comes out of. It is not her own agency and choice in most cases. Like I'm not taking away her, that well, she doesn't so have some input she, into stuff, but she, she, but she's does. The vessel. She, has, she has a lot of input, but she yeah. actually hates songwriting. Right. Like for her, it's a real chore. She's an excellent performer and the footage of her live shows, they were always like, very intimate kind of like she was very in touch with the crowd, her fans, like it it was, that part was cool. And watching the songwriting process, like she had a lot of say in it, but I feel like all the really good decisions that went into the songs were, if not directly from Phineas, they were heavily guided by Phineas and, and right. that's fine. She's, she's young. No, she's she's totally performing way beyond her, well, her age. Totally. Well, and again, like most performers, that is how it works. Yeah, like, for sure. Honestly, like like most performers, that is how it works. Most people don't write their own music. They don't like they don't like, you know, um, I got into something with people um, on Twitter a while ago because people were like shitting on the fact that. I don't remember who it was that they're going after, but uh, you know, some sort of idea of people didn't write their own songs. They're like, well, back in our day, you know, you know, rock and roll or this or that, you know, they, 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 they were real artists. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's literally written by committee. Like the, like the, like Brill, like the Brill building is a thing, like literally the history of pop music, but also rock and roll was songs performed by other people, you know, great artists, great performers, not taking anything away from that who did not write them. Like, you know, like that that's literally the history of of most successful music. I mean, if you want to go back even further, I mean, the whole kind of history of stuff like classical music and whatnot, like yeah, you have your composers, but then you have many, 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 many people who perform those things and who like work to perfect that. But they're not writing the the symphonies. I think, uh, yeah, I don't really give a shit if if a song's good, um I, I I'm not super concerned with. who wrote it but i do wish in a lot of cases that songwriters were that it wasn't concealed that everything was more transparent this is this is a hit song performed by written by um agreed agreed like that Um, wouldn't that wouldn't make a big difference for me no i agree and and i mean i think that that's like the grammys are bullshit but that is why like they have you know the song of the year award and they have those other things and you do have you know other stuff I, i i do also feel like that is why 
someone like a Taylor Swift, but not exclusively her. There are plenty of other people who do both as well, get like additional praise just because it is a rarity to have people. It's a it's a good thing. Like, I think it is it adds something if the artist both conceived of and performed a hit song. I it does actually uh, I do have more respect for it if the artist was part of the entire process. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't know if I have more respect for it. I just think it makes it different because there are some people who are just fantastic performers but are not songwriters. And that's OK, um, because the shows and the performances they, they put on are fantastic. Like like um, um, Madonna did contribute and has done songwriting, but it's, that's not what you would ever like think of her first as like a singer songwriter. Right. Yeah, for sure. But she's one of the most amazing performers that we've ever had. Um Obviously, when you have like people like Paul Simon or John Lennon or Paul McCartney or whatever, like Joni Mitchell, um, like that, that's incredible because you you see like that full breadth of kind of like like talent or or you know, it, um, and and that's really amazing to see. But I like I don't think Beyonce is a lesser artist because she doesn't write her own songs. We got to like half of the topics I had on the list today. I know. Then that's great because now we already have the next show, like a bunch of starter points already queued up. Yeah. Also, I feel like this was a good mix show. I feel like this is one of our better ones in a while, to be honest. It was pretty tech heavy, but I think that's our audience anyway. So you're welcome, everybody. (laughs) Yeah, you're welcome for hearing us talk about brew files and uh, dot files and uh, I really hope that's our audience. Otherwise, we just lost. Oh, but I'm going to put Alon in the... Uh, you are going to put title. Alon in, in the show title because we need to get those haters. So haters, please look if you're if, if you're if you're um, following our podcast, uh, if uh, y- give us give us a zero star review, that's fine. I mean, I'd prefer a five star, but like le- leave us those those hate comments because honestly, any sort of engagement is better than none. So right, if you're going to leave a, a one star review. Be sure to leave it with a comment that yes. specifically says, I hate this because they 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 bashed Musk or they talk too much about Taylor uh, because those are the things that other people be like, well, if that person hates it, I'm going to love it. And totally. you'll, you'll do our job for us. You will also like, frankly, like if, if you please simp for a lawn in the comments, please, 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 please simp for a lawn in the comments. Like that would be an amazing thing to, to like give us a one-star review and, and praise Elon Musk. Like I would, I'm not even, I'm, I'm actually kind of being serious here. I would kind of love that. I'm not even joking. <laughs> All right. Well, that was, that was, man, we, I think we really came through for recording three days late. Yeah, I do. I feel like honestly, and, and, and this was like the earliest we've recorded. This is ironic. It's both like the earliest we've recorded, but also like the latest. <laughs> it's either either half an hour earlier or three and a half days later, depending right. on how you look at it. Exactly. All right. In any event, I feel like it worked. Get some sleep, Christina. Get some sleep, Brett. The system is going down low.